You're listening to Ants Talk. My next guest was a very successful commercial property builder. Fate was set one day when he was standing outside one of the warehouses he was building when an event changed the trajectory of his life. Here to tell us more about his story is Tom Jorgensen. Thanks for joining us today, Tom. How are you? Good, thank you, Anthony. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for joining me on the show. So I believe you've got a bit of a story to tell about that fateful day. Oh, it was a, it was a um, very different day. Um, we were building a, a factory in Red Bank Plains, uh, west of Brisbane, and we were working next to a vet surgery. And um, we saw lots of people come and go, but this fateful day, we saw this uh, woman carrying a, a black plastic bag out with tears streaming down her face. And it was pretty obvious that um, she just had a uh, pet euthanized. Mm. And um, uh, that, that sort of uh, never left me, um, along with a lot of other things. Uh, and uh, when my building career finally, uh, well, when I decided to, finished my building career, that was still in my mind to that day, uh, along with a number of other things. Wow, it's amazing. So I believe that this made you create Pet Angel Funerals. Can you tell us more about the business? Well, look, it did. Um, there, was a, there was a number of factors. Um, I was getting to the end of my use-by date in the building industry. My son-in-law was taking over from me. And um, me being um, a very active 65-year-old at that stage, oh, no, 64-year-old, I felt as though I needed to do something and I've, I've uh, always loved animals and I like, like to help people. Uh, my father was a veterinarian and um, I'd, um, I'd lost a dog a couple of years before and, and I just thought, gee, you know, is there, an, is there an industry here? I had absolutely no idea that there was such a thing really as pet cremation. I had, I was in Adelaide when my border collie Sophie died and it was a, a rough experience for me uh, because I had to make decisions mm. over the phone about her uh, euthanasia. And uh, that's the only time I'd ever heard about pet cremation and uh, so along with a um, with I guess um, these uh, thoughts in my mind I decided that I would investigate the pet cremation industry um, so I took it uh, further I uh, decided that I would uh, visit the other to Southeast Queensland pet crematoriums. But further to this, I thought that I would um, just see what the size of the industry was. Because, mm. you know, at the end of the day, even though you are you want to help people, once you start employing people, if you're not making a profit, you can't afford to pay them. So there was more to it than just, um, uh, uh, just an emotive decision. Yeah. So um, I got hold of back then the Gold Coast City Council and identified how many um, pets or, sorry, registered dogs there were at that time. And from memory, in 2015, there were 65,000 registered dogs in the Gold Coast Shire. 
Wow. Um, well, so, you know, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to work out that if there was 65,000 in 2015, let's go back 10, 12 years and say, even if there was 40,000, that meant there was going to be 40,000 deaths for pets or dogs because they live an average of 12 years. Mm. So it, 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 that, that made the decision. The funny thing is that in all our efforts, uh, my nephew and I, my nephew Scott was working with me, we um, completely forgot about cats. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it was... Uh, <laughs> Quite funny. <laughs> That's so funny. That is very funny. Yeah, because there are a lot of cats. There's probably more cats, isn't there, than dogs. I don't know if they'd be registered, but there seems to be a lot of cats out there. Well, I can tell you, and, and I've, I've got the statistics because um, I, I guess being a commercial builder, we, the, the, everything's systematic. You know, you start yeah. with foundation and you end at the end. So, But I can tell you in, in 2012, there were 4.2 million dogs in Australia, approximately registered, wow. and 3.3 million cats. So it was a bit of an oversight. Wow, <laughs> incredible! Yeah. So, so with with that whole industry, we've got the cremation side. Is there mm. no service for just burials for animals, or is it something just people do in their backyards themselves? Look, most burials are backyard. If we service northern northern rivers, New South Wales. And you'll find that the majority of, of rural people uh, will bury their pets. Uh, mm. We set out more to be a service to um, city people um, yeah. because uh, with small blocks, uh, multiple dwellings, unit buildings, um, there really isn't an option for these people. But, mm. you know, I, I can tell you categorically, if, if you get, went into this for the, for the money, um, you would have failed dismally. You you really have to have empathy, and if you don't have empathy, it it, it, it you you've, all, you've you've just got to have empathy. It's as yeah. simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean that's one thing that being a, a dog owner myself and up you know previous cat owner, it's they really do. Uh, they literally change your lives. They they leave such an impression on your life. They are like family. Um, so I I, I completely get the crematorium side because at the same mm. time me personally I love the thought of being able to have the ashes after and you know in my way that that animals then you know around me or with me for the rest of, of my life also so because I mean yes. I've, I've done that with my relatives so I yeah. really do get it with you know with people wanting to do that what do you why do you think that something like this was needed was it purely the Look impact of the numbers well you know um i i i investigated the industry and i just felt it could be done better and i, I think it needed transparency i think it just could be done a lot better um so you know we went all out i put my commercial buildings to, um skills to, to, to into play and we built a um uh, our own facility here on the Gold Coast and we've now subsequently opened one in, in Brisbane a year ago. Um, I flew to the USA, investigated pet crematoriums there and found uh, the cremators, separate chamber cremators and we, uh, we've now got three, th three chamber cremators but um, 
Yeah, it, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it it just needed transparency, and I we still get it to this day. People want assurance that they're getting their ashes back, and mm-hmm. and with a number of people, you can feel the, the mistrust of the industry, and that's yeah. what we're trying to overcome. I understand that. What is probably the one thing that people don't understand about the industry? Oh, that's a, that's a, what don't they understand about the industry? Well, I, I don't, look, there's a number of people that don't know the industry exists to start with, but what don't they understand about the industry? Um, well, I'm stumbling here because <laughs> I, I think that they, they, they do understand the industry. All we need to say to them is, Look, what we're going to do for 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 um, Buddy is exactly the same as we would have done for one of your family members. So, no, I think there's a good understanding of how the industry works. I think there's just suspicion that we might not treat the pets with the same dignity and grace that we do with our fellow humans, but mm. that's not the case. It's it's the identical. The systems and, and checks and balances are probably, well, I can only speak for my own organisation, but our checks and balances are um, they're bulletproof. We have an eight-point check system of every pet that comes into our care before and after cremation and before they go home. Mm. And, you know, so, you know, you can be 100% sure that the ashes that, or the, the pet that you give us are the ashes that you get back. Um, but, you know, it, it's, 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 we, we, we get, look, I spent the first three and a half, four years learning about the industry where there's no rule book, there's, it's, it's totally unregulated. So we, we basically had to write our own ops manual and discover how to uh, deal with grieving people. Um, and we found that most people, I'm digressing a little bit, but uh, we found that most people that, well, certainly my two nephews that work with us and my wife who worked, works with or works with us less now, uh, we all had that empathy because we're all pet owners and we'd all lost mm. pets and we'd all uh, knew what it was like to go through that. We'd lost family members. So um, we we put those um, experiences into play. Yeah, definitely. That makes a big difference. So when, when we're talking just about the, the cremation, are people actually having services also like yeah, the human? Yeah, yeah. We we we've got um, we we don't call them a chapel. We call them a remembrance room. Yeah. The reason we we don't call them a chapel because that has Christian connotations. So, yeah. what we try and do is is uh, leave it open so that you know there may be people of different uh, faiths and beliefs or without no beliefs. So we encourage people to come and sit with uh, their deceased pet, and we'll prepare the pet. Um, best as we can, um, depending on circumstances. And uh, we encourage people to come and sit with the pet. And uh, when they come to pick up, a lot of people choose to pick up the ashes because it, it, it speeds up the process. In other words, they don't have to wait for us to deliver mm. the ashes. They'll come and sit there. And, um, and you often get people to sit there for half an hour just uh, reflecting and, 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 and continuing the grieving process. Yeah. What do you think or what do you believe is the most important thing when a pet dies in the process as such? What would you sort of suggest to people if their pet has just passed 
what advice could you offer? Well, you, you know that that's 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 pretty easy. Um, if I, if I can just explain something to you in our in our I hate using the word industry, but it is an industry after all. We have three basic um, types of transfers. Um, one is from the vet surgery, where the people have taken a uh, seriously ill pet in, and the decision's been made to euthanize that. Well. Rarely we speak to the, the owner at that point in time. We don't speak to them until the next day. So that's that's a vet transfer. That's when we go to the veterinary surgery, we pick up the, the pet and we bring it back to Pet Angel. Um, then there is a, a, there's a proliferation of, of home vets and home euthanasia uh, because, uh, as you'd well know, being a pet owner, um, some pets just absolutely hate going to the vet. You know, they yeah. dig their toes in and just, You've literally got to drag them across the floor. So home euthanasias have become very popular. Now, what normally happens in that situation is that the home vet will call us saying, I'm going to be there at, uh, at uh, 12. I've spoken to the owners. They would like half an hour with the pet. And then if you could be there. So they get priority. And then there's a the third instance. That's when... Uh, Mum and dad wake up in the morning and go downstairs and there's a deceased Labrador on the floor where there's been no intervention by any uh, professional such as a veterinarian. Mm. Um, how do we handle the situation? It, it's, a, it's something that we've taught over the... Um, we've, we've taught all our staff members. We just... All our representatives that go out and pick up these pets, they, they all have empathy. If they don't have empathy, they don't. We basically suggest to them that this is not the... Um, the, the job for you. So what, first of all, uh, when we turn up at, at a home, we do not take any stretches or any form of receptacle in there to remove the pet. We go in there and we sit, but we, we have rules. First of all, we acknowledge their pain, you know, by saying things like, I, I, I'm, I'm Tom, I'm, I'm sorry to see what's happening here and, and uh, how are you feeling? So we acknowledge their pain. Then we share how we feel. We say, look, I'm so sorry that this has happened to you, but, you know, you will get better. We keep encouraging them. And then we say, we show gratitude. We, we uh, basically say to the people, we say, thank you for entrusting us with uh, uh, Lulu or whoever. Uh, we can assure you that Lulu is in good hands. Then we show interest. Now, when I say show interest, what we do is we will often sit down next to the deceased, not often, always, sit down next to the deceased pet, stroke it as if it was still alive and talk to it as if it was still alive. In other words, the people want us to see that we genuinely care. Mm. And then we talk about the high. Uh, we can have people laughing. Uh, we can have people crying, laughing. We can have angry people. But then by showing interest, but then we, we, we are encouraging, we try and be encouraging by saying, you know, the one thing about grieving is that you will get better. You will get better. So this you're having a really tough day today, and I fully understand it, but you will get better. And then we just keep being supportive at the hold, even to the point that we say, if it is a larger pet, would you like the honour of helping me carry Lulu to the vehicle. So there's basically uh, six points, I think, that, 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 that we work on when we're dealing with the people. 
and it, it, it works extremely well. And uh, if you saw the amount of cards and letters that we get, uh, you'd be astounded. It's, uh, mm. yeah, it's a tough gig. You know, yeah. I can tell you, I went back to the car quite a few times and sat there and cried my eyes out. I can well, tell especially, you. Well, <laughs> especially just as a pet lover yourself. I mean, I think that yeah. uh, if if you love animals, you hate seeing any animal in distress. That's That's probably... One of yeah. the biggest reasons, funny enough, when I've got a St. Bernard and we, yes. I'd never really owned a dog before this one. I'd had cats and whatever. Um, and yeah. it was weird because when I first got our dog, I turned vegetarian because I was just- Did like, you really? Yeah. I was just like, I can't, how can I love this animal so much and not give the same respect to every other animal? So therefore I was just mm -hmm. like, I, I just can't eat meat anymore. I just can't. And I haven't since. Um, but I think that- the reality is, is that whenever we see animals in distress, especially if you are an animal lover, you you feel the pain, whether it be your animal or somebody else's. You know, you it's just human nature. You can't help that. Uh, it was uh, it was crazy. Uh, my um, nephew Scott, uh, sorry Wade, who's in the crematorium, and I, we decided we'd call and have a drink the other night. And there's a young barmaid there that, that we know, and we were just just having a beer and. She came up and she knows uh, what, what we do. And she's, she was telling us that her Rottweiler has to have a um, an X-ray mm. on Friday for cancer. And here's uh, a grown man, 69, a 35-year-old man, a 20-year-old girl, all sitting there with tears in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It's, it is, it's definitely hard. Make sure you subscribe to Ants Talk. So I'm, I'm going to ask the question because I think that some of the listeners might be interested. But first of all, is there a difference in pricing for us? Because you just, I mean, I mentioned about my big dog and you've just mentioned about big dogs. So say there's a little dog and a big dog. Is there a difference in price for something over like 50, this? Over 50 kilos, we charge an extra $66. Um, it's it's uh, nothing. I mean, your 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 listeners may not really want to know that, but uh, there's a lot. Um, a large dog, a Saint Bernard, can easily take two and a half hours to cremate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Whereas a you know a smaller dog, half an hour. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just, what what's the approximate pricing for? A oh, start two ninety nine. We we collect and we private. It, we collect the pet from home yeah. or the vet and we deliver the ashes back and we've got a beautiful little package. That goes that's, actually, that's actually really cheap, I must say. Well, considering a, a, a human being is upwards of three or 4,000 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, that's really cheap. Now, you were based yeah. in southeast Queensland in Australia. So how many other places are like this in Australia, do you know? Oh, there's, there's, there's a number. Um, they're on the Gold Coast alone, there's two. There's one in uh, north, just north of Gold Coast, and then there's uh, one in Logan. Yeah. And then Greenbank, there's there's about four or five in southeast Queensland. One in Toowoomba, quite a large one. And then as you work your way down the coast, there's some smaller ones because mm. obviously the population is the same. And then when you get to Sydney, it's, it's large, Melbourne yeah. large. And Western Australia, believe it or not, has one of a, a very good facility. Um, it's just recently been bought out by Invocare, uh, which is a completely different story. Um, the entry of the uh, the corporates into the business uh, of, of pet cremation. Um, uh, the, 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 we are actually now 
the only independent left in southeast Queensland and family wow. owned. The others are owned by one is owned by Invocare, who's of uh, um, White Lady Funerals and, and Simplicity. Mm-hmm. The other one is owned by uh, Green Cross Vets, which is actually owned by TPG out of San Francisco. And uh, Propel is the second largest group of um, human crema- crematoriums in Australia. They they own uh, Pet Haven at Yatla. So, yeah, there's the corporates have come in in a large, large way, obviously, because of the growth. I mean, the growth in this industry is 6% per annum. Yeah, in amazing. Australia, they're worth $4.2 billion. In the USA, it's $9 billion. It's massive. But you may not know this, Anthony, but Australia actually has one of the largest uh, pet ownerships in the world. Uh, 60% of Australians own a pet. Wow. That's 8 million households. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Two out of five own a dog. Three out of ten own a cat. So, you know, they're, they're massive statistics. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, good. But, oh, I was going to tell you that as, a, as an offshoot to um, – we now make all our own urns. At oh, urns. okay, yeah. Yeah, we, we started manufacturing our old urns because I ended up with a, a, a joinery factory, uh, which uh, my son-in-law didn't want from the building company. Mm-hmm. So we actually started making our own urns. So our urns are made right here on the Gold Coast and uh, they're distributed throughout uh, the whole of Southeast Queensland. So, yeah. It's actually really good because but, yeah. one of one of my family members actually got cremated and I found that that was re- the the odd sort of disjoin in within that industry, especially for humans, is that yeah. we, you, you put your family members or friend or whatever is getting cremated, but then you've got to go shopping somewhere else to get an urn to then bring back for them to do the ashes in. I mean, they had a very small um, selection, like very small. um, And Mm. they then had the booklets for where you could order them and stuff like that. Or, you know, they said Mm. you could go online. And and I thought that was a really strange disjoint. I thought that's really something that they should probably have ready to go or being made like you're doing yourself, being made on the premises or, around the premises to actually be able to just get one without because when you're in that grieving process the less organization and thinking you can do the better you're really not in the state of mind for it you are not and you know sometimes um people uh you know uh, we've just got to double check and triple check the spelling of the pet because we put a stainless steel plaque on every urn mm. uh, and a message but, you know, when people are grieving, oh, boy, and they're talking through uh, tears streaming down their face, it's, it's very difficult. But, yeah. you know, talking about that, it, it's uh, the, 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 we've experienced just about, well, I've personally experienced griefs from the inconsolable person through to the person that really seemed as, this, as though they uh, didn't care. They, it, they, they did care, mm-hmm. but it was just... You know, I've had a cat delivered to me at the front door in a VB box. Oh. But then wow. I've had other people who who were just – there's, there's one that comes to mind is that the, I went to a, a transfer and the people were there at home that bought the, the two young boys home from, from school. Mm-hmm. And I walked in there and there was mum, dad, and two, two younger boys in a school uniform. And – Oh boy, that was tough. That yeah, was tough. I bet. Uh, you know, 
I'm standing there trying to console four people who are crying uncontrollably and just trying to say, well, listen, Lulu is, in, is happy. You are the guys that are not happy. You now need to look after each other, you know, mm. and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, Scott, my nephew, went out to a Russian couple. They insisted that he had a glass of vodka with them. Uh, to them, it was more of a celebration of the life. Yeah. Um, there was uh, there was another instance. Oh, it, it's all coming back to me now. He he also went to had a late collection one night, and it was a midweek game for the state of origin. The gentleman insisted that he sat down with a deceased dog himself and watched at least 15, 20 minutes of the first half of the state of origin. Oh, God. oh dear, oh dear. Oh, uh, this one, yeah, this I've got to tell you, I'm sorry. I, 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 I we, we had a lovely lady working for us, Sandy. Sandy was a vet nurse and she decided to go back vet nurse and now she wants to come back, but that's another story. But <laughs> she called me uh, one day and said, Tom, there's someone out the front that wants to see you. Now this sticks in my mind. Mm. This, and I, so I went there and there was a couple with a, a uh, Rottweiler and I said, Oh, hello, you know. And then, anyway, I sat down and patted the rot wheeler and I said, So, how can we? Are you making plans for the future? They said, No, we just wanted Jake, and his name was Jake, I've never forgotten it, mm. to come and see where he was going. Oh. Uh, wow. <laughs> that dog, I tell you, Jake and Sandy and I can't even talk about it. Jake licked my face and Two hours later, I had to go and pick Jake up. Oh, what? Yeah, that was rough. Oh that was a God. rough day. That was a that was a rough day. I can tell you. That would have been. So oh, what God. would you say is the hardest part of the job? Seeing, because you are such an animal lover, seeing the passed away pets, or dealing with the mourning owners. Dealing with the mourning owners. Yeah, yeah. Because you know the pet had so varying. Yeah. Most pets, you know, we don't see anyone really irresponsible, but you know, there's some terrible things happen. Mm. We've, we've dogs drowning, uh, um, dogs hanging themselves on fences because the collar got caught up. Mm. Uh, look, we've seen it all, but you know, we must remember that the, 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 the pet is deceased. It has no more feelings. It's not yeah. in any pain. But when you see the and, and young children, young children and the elderly, oh boy! Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Yeah, and there, you, you wouldn't be. You, as I said earlier on, if you don't have empathy, you can't do this job. It's yeah, not possible. Definitely. Yeah, you, no, you've got to have have that. So, Tom, how can people find out more about you? Oh, look that. They just Google us. They they Google pet cremation. They and uh, we we try and make sure that we're there. Uh, we, we try and rate the best we can. Obviously, there's a marketing aspect to everything. So we've got people that make sure. Look, I'm not sure how it all works, but they keep us at the top of the Google rankings. And uh, the rest of it is we vets recommend us. They they don't insist that they come to us, but the vets obviously want a business that reflects their business. They don't want them going to something that's not as good. Mm. They want them somewhere that uh, reflects their business. And so they'll recommend us. And 
as long as, I guess, as long as we keep doing the right thing, which we certainly intend to do, the vets will keep, you know, recommending us. And uh, that's really all we can do. Anything other than that would be seen as chasing ambulances. And that's not yeah. what we're about. No, I completely understand yeah. that. So mm. it is um, petangels.com.au. Yes, that's right. Yep. Fantastic. And our phone number is 1-800-PET-ANGEL. So I can't make it any easier than that. <laughs> I love it. Well, Tom, <laughs> thank you so much for coming onto the show and giving us an insight into an industry many of us probably know about but haven't actually delved into or heard the specifics of. And it was really fascinating to hear the background behind it all. I think that... Um, what you do is not only incredible for the pet owners and also putting at rest the pets, but it's also great that you're able to be there and be so kind and so generous with your, your care. I think it's um, absolutely essential for people in those positions. And I think it's a great thing to do. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, I hope your uh, listeners find it interesting. I'm sure they will. Thank you again for your time. Cheers. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Ants Talk. Oprah, but not.